listening to First Church Charlotte. Great to come into a place with a whole lot of people that want to see you. It's a family, praise God. And fellowship is an apostolic principle, and we believe in that very strongly. Amen. Let's all stand. Going to go into the Word at this time. It's our privilege to bring Brother Lance Stockman back to this pulpit. What a great message he preached this Sunday. Bless me, and I've been feasting on it ever since. A message of great faith in Almighty God. There's no one else you can have faith in like you can have faith in Jesus Christ. He is uh, one who makes promises and keeps promises all the time. Hallelujah. He never fails. He cannot fail. So would you welcome Brother Stockman as he comes to minister to us tonight. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord one more time. Make his presence be known, be felt in this place. You know, I never limit God to the day of the week that we're having church. I believe the same God, the same man that performed the mighty works he did Sunday morning. Bishop, we saw some stuff Sunday morning, didn't we? Manifestation of the Holy Ghost. And I believe that same God is in this place tonight. I believe it. When a, when a lot of people stayed home, this may be your opportunity to be healed. It may be your opportunity, your chance to get what you need from the Lord. Amen. I, I would take every advantage of every moment that I could to have it. I, I give honor today to your pastor. I want to thank him for trusting me with this pulpit on the Wednesday night. I told him, I said, he, he just asked me to do this, I think, yesterday. And I said, uh, you don't want to ask me to preach or, or try to teach on a Wednesday night. I said, that is your night where you really do some great teaching. And I said, I can't follow behind you. I said, I'm going to end up screaming at on Wednesday night or something. You know, I'm a little too loud. I said, but uh, if you insist, I'll do it. So he trusts me. Give honor to him. Give honor to your bishop, brother and sister Ams. I, I love them. visitation with them yesterday good coffee good food laughs and fun and, and and we love them very much i want to read today from the word of god i want to read from chap uh, second timothy chapter one second timothy chapter one and we'll begin reading in verse five brother i believe you're the best keyboard player i've ever heard in my life I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to play with my uncle when he gets back and just tell him we're going to bring you down to Louisiana if if you. <laughs> That's just a joke. Don't get offended. I'm fired already. He's probably watching. 2 Timothy chapter 1 We'll begin reading in verse 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith 
that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. One version of Scripture translates it like this. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I, am, I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I want to talk to you from this subject for a little while tonight. I'm not a long-winded preacher. I cannot preach past 20 or 30 minutes. It's not in my blood. So if you like long-winded preaching, sorry. But I want to preach to you tonight from this subject. It is time to fan the flame. It's time to fan the flame. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> it was last year I had the greatest experience of my life. It was very difficult. There was times where I probably got a little bit, if there was ever a time I got mad at a church, it was probably uh, the time that I was at this particular church in a different state, and I, I won't name that behind the pulpit, but I was there upon request. Uh, the, the, the pastor was in a bind, and uh, I was there for, for a month, and I'm used to the country. I'm used to country people, but you could ask my wife. She knows about this church. This church was in the middle of the woods. Yeah, I have never been to a church this far out in the country. It was in the country, and if I told you the name of the church, you would fall out laughing and understand what kind of church it probably was. And so I, I was asked to, to be there for, for a, a whole month, and, and whenever I was there, uh, I walked into the place, and we began service for the, the first uh, church service. I believe it was a Sunday morning when we started this month-long revival. And when I was there, I was very depressed. I was depressed at what I saw because I do believe that when God gives us the Holy Ghost, when God uh, fills us with the Holy Ghost, he gives us something to activate us. He gives us something that we could walk in, that we could flow in, that would change this whole world and change our family. I, I believe whenever I speak this, I believe this church has enough power going through it that you could be the largest revival church of the whole Charlotte area. It, it's possible you just have to know who you are and you have to operate in that. And so I was, I was at this church and uh, we were there and I sat on the platform and they sung the most uh, boring funeral songs I ever heard in my life. I literally felt like I was in a funeral. They sung everything from Beulah Land and I love Beulah Land, but I like it only at a funeral. And they sung every kind of slow quiet song, and everybody started crying. There was no joy. There was no life. 
There was nothing in it that ever would draw you to, to filling the power of the Holy Ghost. And so I got up and preached, and uh, there was no response, and I felt like it was the worst job I had ever uh, pre done preaching in my life. And so I, I went home, took a nap, studied, got up, and preached again. And again, it was another dead service. And finally, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, I'm never going to do anything until they learn how to activate what I've given them. He said, I have a great work for them to do, and I have some things that I want to do to manifest myself and my power, but they're never going to see it unless they activate it first on the inside of them. So I got up in front of them and, and that, that next service, and I said, uh, folks, I said, I'm wasting my time here. I said, I love being here. I said, but if you don't want revival, I said, uh, I'm going to go home and eat my can of beans and live the poor evangelist life and go on to the next church. I said, uh, but if you don't want revival, I said, I'm wasting my time here. I said, but let me tell you what the Holy Ghost told me. If you will learn how to just worship him a little bit, if you'll get outside of your comfort zone just a little bit and you'll get in the presence of God and stir up the flame, stir up the fire. You see, God doesn't like a dead environment. There's thousands of funeral homes he could work in if he wants to work, but that's not what the church of the living God is about. When he filled you with the Holy Ghost, he gave you something to activate in, to work in, to flow in. When you speak his name, something happens. When you're buried in that name and filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So whenever I thought I preached my best sermon and I thought I chewed them out, you know, I gave them everything I could. Finally, there was one old lady in the house of God that grabbed a hold of that word. And all of a sudden, she began to stand up in her pew when everybody was sitting down. And she began to worship. And she began to praise God with all of her might. And all of a sudden, you felt life come into that place. You see, that's why we preach worship so much because you have to understand that there's power. There's a life-changing experience behind the hallelujahs and the amens and the clapping of your hands. There's something whenever you mean what you're saying and you act and what you know. You, you got to put it into action, not just speak faith, but put it into action with your worship. Hallelujah. And so this elder in the church began to worship and praise God. And all of a sudden, it was like a domino effect. There was somebody way across the little country church. They began to worship and praise God. And all of a sudden, a sinner that sat in the back of the church that never budged, that would stare at me and everybody else, he didn't look the part. He didn't, it didn't seem like he fit in at all. All of a sudden, that same anointing began to fall on him, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost that day. The moral of the story is this. You have to learn how to fan what God gives you. I was amazed, Bishop, whenever you told the story about the lady coming in off the street Sunday morning and she came in this house of God and, and she was touched by the presence of God. That, that's what we have to have. People's looking for something where there's some life and there's some liberty and there's some vitality. That's what people's looking for. 
So church, I was there in this country church, and I thought we were breaking out in revival, and we did. There was a man who, who had no idea about the, about the Acts 238 message, about uh, Jesus' name baptism, uh, the power of the Holy Ghost. He didn't have any clue about it. He had just heard about it, and he hated it. He mocked it. But when he came in, he came in hungry for something in the middle of the woods. And I'm not saying that in exaggeration. It was in the middle of the woods. And he said something drew him off the interstate to drive down this little country road to come to this little church where people was having church and he would find his answer there. And he said, I like what I feel in this place. And so he came in and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. His family started coming to the house of God. From that moment on, backsliders begin to come in the house of God who strayed away from the church for over 20 years. Do you know why? It was because some people made up in their mind to activate something that God had given them. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter how gifted a person may be. It profits them nothing if they never learn how to activate that gift. Uh, Paul's exhortation to Timothy was to stir up, to agitate, to disturb, to wake up the gift that was in him. The gift that Paul was talking about was no ordinary gift. He's speaking about the power and the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is evident that Paul understood that it wasn't enough to just receive this gift, but the gift was meant to stay active. Did you know you could come to the house of God day in and day out and be dead? Did you know that you could claim to be a Christian and you could claim to have every gift of the Spirit, but it means nothing if you never activate that gift? Paul's exhortation was you have to stir up that gift. You have to keep it alive. I want every person hearing my voice this evening. The most important thing that could ever happen to you is for you to hear Jesus say, well done. Yeah. In order for that to happen, though, you need to be forgiven of your sins, become a child of God, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, have your name written down in the Lamb's book of life to know that he lives in you and you are a new creature in him. Acts chapter 2 and verse 37 and 38. I know this seems elementary to some folks, but i got to preach it for just a second. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Holy Ghost. I want to first off say, I don't care who you are, you must be born again. I don't care how educated you are, what kind of degree you have, what church you belong to, how good of a person you are, how much money you have in the bank account, all the good deeds you have done, you must be born again. Jesus said it in the New Testament. He said, except ye be born, ye cannot see the kingdom of God. And then he said, except ye be born of the water and of the spirit, ye cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You must be born again. 
Then once you've repented and once you've been baptized, the next step is to seek after and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. John said it like this. He said, I baptize you with water into repentance, but there's one coming after me. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and from what I'm mainly preaching about tonight and fire. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, God gives you a little bit of something extra to make it through this life. God gives you something to overcome the enemy, to overcome every devil in hell. It's more to it than just believing. It's being activated with the power of the Holy Ghost and with fire. When you speak that name, something happens. When you lay hands on the sick, something happens. When you dance before the Lord, something happens. When you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, say, I've got to have it. Say to your neighbor, say, I have to have it. Say, you have to have it. The Holy Ghost and fire. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is so important that Jesus commanded his disciples to not leave Jerusalem until they had received this Holy Ghost promise. Jesus said, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Then we find in the beginning of Acts chapter 2 and 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of a fire and it set upon each of them and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Why is this Holy Ghost fire so important? There are many reasons but one is because the Holy Ghost is God filling the human vessel in order to establish and advance the kingdom of God in this earth. The Holy Ghost is the supernatural equipment to fulfill the great commission to carry on the ministry of Jesus. What was the ministry of Jesus? Can I remind you tonight? He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to establish the kingdom of God in the earth. He came above all else to destroy the works of the devil. Let me tell you something. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you're not who you who you used to be. You're not to be made to walk in defeat, to walk in doubt, to walk in fear, to walk in condemnation. God brought you out and he equipped you with something to overcome every obstacle and every devil in hell. I was going to try not to get too loud tonight, but it hits me. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. 1 John chapter 3 and 8 says this, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hebrews chapter 13 and 8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. His ministry never changed. 
Now we are continuators. We are commissioned and anointed to continue his ministry in the earth. I love this scripture. In 1 John chapter 4 and 17, it says this, because as he is, so are we in this world. Do you know what he was telling us there in that scripture? That we're expected to do and to walk in the same anointing that Jesus himself did. We are expected to walk in the same power and in the same authority to cast out devils. To lay hands on the sick. To speak to mountains and they disappear. To make a change in our community. That's what we're expected to do. Hallelujah. The book of Acts is the diary and the record of the New Testament church in her infancy. It is the record of the operation of the Holy Ghost through yielded vessels. You know, God, God's not going to work through anybody who doesn't want to be used. There's some people who is content with living for God all by themselves. They never witness to anybody. They never reach for anybody. They never pray for anybody. They never do anything to advance and to magnify the kingdom of God. Let me tell you something. I was always taught that if you never, ever do anything for God while you're here in this earth, we have to answer for that when we meet him one day. If you never witness, if you never reach, if you never pray for anybody, if you never do anything to glorify the kingdom of God, we're going to be held responsible for that. But let me tell you something. We need God to interrupt our saying by his doing. We need something that will shake us up, something that will wake us up, something that will stir us up and set us on fire. Let me tell you something. I would rather have 10 minutes of Holy Ghost doing than 10 months of just talking about it. I would rather have about 10 good months of Holy Ghost fire and anointing than just talking about what God can do and what he's able to do. I want to tell you what God wants to do. I want to tell you what God can do and he will do through you if you'll activate that on the inside of you. I started this message today with Paul's words to Timothy, but he might as well have been speaking to us. If there's one thing I believe that we're missing in a lot of churches today and in our personal lives today, it is the energy, the life, the vitality, the fire, the power, and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We could look at this world and we could cite the world as being our problem. We could blame the atmosphere around us, but the truth is we can't blame anyone. You are the keeper of your own flame. You're the keeper of your own flame. On the day of Pentecost, the mighty Holy Ghost came. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. It was a personal Pentecost that happened. You see, if you never let it become something personal to you, you'll never get it. If you never develop a personal relationship with God when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you'll never know what I'm talking about. Some people get offended whenever you start talking directly like that. But you have to have it personal. It has to be personal. We have to learn how to stir up the gift that is in us. The first step to stirring up the flame is to remove anything that is flame resistant. That means to get rid of anything that's offensive or resistant to the Holy Ghost. That means
ways to repent, allowing the accumulation of junk in your life to be removed, to seek the Lord with all of your heart, to pray, to spend time worshiping and adoring Jesus, to read his word, eat his word, meditate his word, to pray in tongues. Build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. We have to stir up the gift that's within us, church. There is an anointing in you. There is a fire in you. It may be low. It may be just a flicker. It may seem like it's gone out, but you'll begin to stir the ashes, and the wind of the Holy Ghost will begin to blow, and again, the fire will burn within you. We cannot afford to let it go out. I said it's time for us to stir everything up within us. If you have a gift of praying, you ought to pray louder than you ever have before. If you have a gift of praying for those that are lost, you ought to activate it. You ought to use it. It doesn't matter how much destiny is in you or how many gifts or callings you have unless they are activated by the Holy Ghost, they're dead. I don't care how many God-given dreams you have, how many prophecies you have over your life. They are never going to come to pass without the activation of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says when you are activated, you could, when you're activated, you could activate others. When you're on fire, you could release the fire to others. When Samson set the 300 foxes on fire, they became dangerous to the enemy. They carried the fire. They released the fire. They spread the fire everywhere they went. Everything they touched caught on fire. They didn't really even have to touch it. it just, they just ran by and the fire jumped off of them onto something else. Do you know why I preach about this so powerfully like I do? And I believe it beyond a shadow of a doubt because I've seen enough people be healed from terminal diseases. I've seen enough people that had no hope, that was bound to every kind of prescription medication you could think of, but through the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the name Jesus in an instant, they were delivered. You don't have to have the title of pastor or evangelist to be effective for the kingdom. You don't have to have the title of prophet or song leader or music director or head of the usher board or head of this committee or that. No, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that he's given you the Holy Ghost and fire. So, Bishop, I know. You know, I've prayed for folks that never, that hasn't received their healing. I have. But I've prayed for enough that needed something from the Lord that the Lord reached down and turned their life around and healed them till I've made up in my mind I'm going to keep it burning. I'm, I'm going to keep laying hands on folks. I'm going to keep casting out devils. I'm going to keep rebuking cancer and disease and infirmity. I'm going to do what God has called us to do according to his word. If you believe that, stand to your feet and give God a hand clap of praise. There's some people they never can get over their past to let God use them. 
There's some people who allow the devil to think they are not worthy to be used. They're not worthy. They've committed all these great sins in the past. Let me tell you something. The Bible says there's therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. When you're born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, all those things are behind you. All those things are behind you. Your past mistakes, your past relationships, your past problems, you need to point your finger in the devil's face and say, I know who I am. And according to this word, I've got power and I have authority to call on the name of Jesus. I have power to Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to support our efforts, text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.